Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. I'd like to invite you to listen to our scripture reading today. It's from Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. It says there, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favor rests. Glory is a word that is often associated with victory. Winning the victory on the battlefield often results in a widespread state of joy and exultation. During the time of the Roman Empire, the streets were frequently alive with excitement and anticipation. When the victorious Roman army returned from battle, they received tremendous glory in their victories. Victory meant that the opposing armies had been defeated and that peace would follow. The time of uncertainty and conflict that usually accompanied war had passed. In the history of the Roman Empire, there was a glorious age of peace known as the Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome. With all their enemies subdued, the Romans enjoyed a long period of peace and prosperity. Our Bible reading has parallels to the victories of ancient Rome. The Bible records an even more wonderful event than a Roman victory, the birth of Jesus Christ. People didn't respond by lining the street in jubilation and excitement, but something even more extraordinary happened. The very angels of heaven appeared in the sky in great celebration. The birth of Jesus, which we celebrate at the Christmas season, was the start of something that would change the world. And now we do well to consider what the birth of the Savior meant. It was an event of great importance for you and for me. Why is the message of the angels spoken over 2,000 years ago so important for us today? I would like to invite you to consider the answer to this question. The Bible says that the heavenly hosts appeared in the sky praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The heavenly hosts were praising God with great excitement. Why were the angels proclaiming glory to God at the birth of a child? Where was the victory that resulted in such glorious praise? Before a Roman general received glory, he needed to win a victory. So why do the angels glorify God now? We need to understand that God is not human. As people, we may set a course to do something, but we can only be assured of success when the job is done. Unlike us, once God decides on a course of action, the outcome is assured. The birth of Jesus sets the course for the greatest victory in human history. In the passages leading up to our verse, the Bible records God's message to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Through the angel Gabriel, God tells Mary that he is sending his own son to establish an everlasting kingdom, a kingdom far greater than that of Rome. But the kingdom of Christ was not an earthly kingdom. The Bible later records the words of Jesus when he explains, My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus came to establish a heavenly kingdom that would last 
for eternity. So when Mary hears the news that she was to be the mother of Jesus, her response is similar to the angels. The Bible says she wrote a song, and the song begins with these words, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Just like the angels, Mary gives glory to God. But Mary tells us more. She rejoices in God her Savior. The angels also speak about the Savior to the shepherds in the field that night with these words, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The great Caesars and generals of the Roman Empire were frequently referred to as saviors because they saved the people from their enemies. Mary and the angels refer to Jesus as a Savior because He is bringing about His plan to save His people and establish His everlasting kingdom. God's plan is to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to win a great victory and initiate His eternal kingdom. What could be more glorious than that? An eternal kingdom. But there are still a few unanswered questions. Just who is the enemy that must be conquered? The Bible tells us that the devil is our enemy, looking for someone to devour. Because of the devil, sin entered the world, and as punishment for sin, death entered the world. We all suffer the effects of the fall into sin. The Bible teaches, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we look within ourselves and honestly assess our motives and our actions, we have to confess that we do not always show love for God and for our neighbor. Sometimes we're simply greedy, self-centered, or even downright nasty. We all have to admit we're not perfect, and we've fallen into sin. This sin separates us from God. As a result, each one of us will face death. This is an unsettling fact for many people. There are many people in the world who are not at peace with God. They have sinned and their consciences accuse them. They are living with the guilt of unresolved sin in their lives. Many people try to avoid this unpleasant reality. But the message of the angels is a message that allows us to face this reality and find peace with God. The birth of Jesus leads to the glorious victory of Jesus Christ on the cross. On the cross, he became our substitute. He died in the place of sinners to pay for our sins. The sin that separated us from God can be forgiven because Jesus paid the price. This was the greatest victory in all of history. The peace that followed goes far beyond the Pax Romana, the temporary peace of Rome. Christ's victory leads to eternal peace for his people. This is why the angel could jubilantly announce on earth peace to men upon whom his favor rests. Those who rest in Jesus Christ, who confess their sin to him in prayer and turn to him in faith, resting in the Lord Jesus Christ for deliverance, have peace. Their sins are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. The thought of death takes on a new dimension. Instead of confronting the creator of this world loaded with unresolved sin, we can come into the presence of God and enjoy the holiness of his presence for eternity. We can look forward to spending eternity in the peace and security of the God of heaven and earth. 
Although the results of God's victory over sin is eternal, you will notice that the angels do not say, In heaven, peace to men, but rather on earth, peace to men. Those who live under God's favor have peace now, in this life, here on earth. This promise does not rest on everyone. It is the promise given to those upon whom God's favor rests. The Pax Romana was for the benefit of Rome and her allies, not for their enemies. So how do you ensure that you will receive God's favor? Perhaps you do not know God or have strayed from Him. You know that there are unresolved sins and issues in your life. You want to live in peace under God's favor. Maybe you believe that you are just too sinful to find peace with God. Well, I have good news. The victory that Jesus won on the cross was a defeat of sin itself. No matter how badly we have gone down to defeat in our sin, Jesus' victory is greater. Glory to God in the highest. His victory means peace for those who turn to Him in faith. If you would like to learn more about the Christian faith, I invite you to visit our website at www.canrc.org to find a church community near you. It is my prayer that under God's favor, all humanity might live in peace with God and find Him as their Savior. Until next week.